Good morning to Radha Kalachanji Dam. Good morning to all of the assembled devotees. This is um, Govardhan Puja celebration. It's a continuation from yesterday, which was to engulf those that were not, or to uh, bring those together that were not able to come today. But I got this text from uh, Vrindavan this morning, and it's like my heart is in Vrindavan right now. And when we were singing Jaya Radhe, Jaya Krishna, it's like my heart went back. So you're going to have to tolerate it. I have to sing the trans, I have to give the translation before the class is over with. Because it puts you in the mood of Vrindavan Dham, Jai, and Srila Prabhupada is definitely there in uh, Vrindavan. And we have the mercy of the uh, Radha Kalachanji altar. And the, their lordships are so beautiful this morning. Absolutely beautiful. It transcends the material world. If you're really taking the whole mood of consciousness into consideration, if we could just feel for a moment that we are actually there with Krishna, in Krishna Loka, in Vrindavan Dham, is the same. And if we could imbibe the mood of devotees that are there, just pure, transcendental bliss to take ourselves away from the world as things are going on, because things are always going to be going on in the world. Everything that is written in the scriptures gives an indication of what is going on, what has gone on in the past, the present, and the future. So we're constantly being alerted as to what we should be aware of, how we should handle it, and how to actually get back home to Godhead. So this morning's lecture will be brief. And then what I rarely do is I ask, I'm going to ask the audience of those that are here to participate And if at some point there's no one here to participate, then I'll do some extra sharing and realization. But we're continuing to read from Srimad Bhagavatam, first canto, third text, uh, third chapter, 13th text. But before we take shelter... Of the Sri Bhagavatam, we always like to sing Jaya Radha Madhava. Jaya Radha Madhava, Kunja Bihari. Jaya Radha Madhava Kunja Bihari (laughs) 
जय गोपी शान किरीवारधारी जय गोपी शान किरीवारधारी यशोरानंदन ब्रजचरांजनन यशोरानंदन ब्रजचरांजनन यमुनतीरावनचारी यमुनतीरावनचारी जय राधमारवाहारी जय राधमारवाहारी जय गोपी जानवाधारी जय गोपी जानवाधारी यमुनतीरावनचारी यमुनतीरावनचारी यशोरानंदन ब्रजचरांजनन यशोरानंदन ब्रजचरांजनन हरे कृष्णा हरे कृष्णा कृष्ण कृष्णा हरे 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 राम हरे राम 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 हरे हरे जय राधा कल चंजी राधा कल चंजी रारी जय राधा कल चंजी राधा कल चंजी रारी जय जय जगन्नाथ जगन्नाथ 
Jaya Jaya Baladev, 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 Jaya Jaya Baladev. Jaya Jaya Subhadra, 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 Jaya Jaya Subhadra. Jaya Jaya Gornitai, 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 Jaya Jaya Gornitai. Jaya 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 Radha Damodara Radha Damodara Radhe. Jaya Radha Damodara Radha Damodara Radhe. Jai Shri Shri Kawachanji Dam Ki Jai Jai Shri 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 Rara Damada Ki Jai. So this morning's lecture is going to be on text 13, chapter 3, canto 1, and it's on the board. So what I'll do is I'll say it and you can repeat after me. And in chapter 3, we are covering, I believe it's divinity and divine services. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Gnana Timrandasya Gananjananjalakaya Chakshon Militam Yena Tashma Shri Guru Venamaha so text 13, ah, there we are, Asami Maru Deviantu Nadir Jatavurukrama Dashayan Vatma Dhiranam Savasrama Namaskritam Astane maru deviam tu nabejata urukrama dashayan vatmatiranam savasram namaskritam asme maru deviam tu nabejata urukraman dashayan vatmatiranam savasram namaskritam Does anyone want to repeat the shloka? 
Astame maru devyam tu. Nabe jataru kramam. Dashayan vatmatiranam. Savasramanamasplitam. Astame maru devyetu. Nabejata urukrama Dashayan vatmatiranam Savasram namaskritam I will do word for word. Was that my imagination? Did the lights go out? Astame the eighth of the incarnations. Marudeviam too. In the womb of Merodevi, the wife of. Nabe, King Nabe, Jata, took birth. Urukrama, the all-powerful Lord. Dashayan, by showing. Vartma, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, so sorry. Let me go back again. Oh, no, we're good. We're good. Vartma. <laughs> that, is, that on, is that text 13 or 14 up there? I've got a feeling that that's been done before. Just a moment. <laughs> well, I like the, um, always like the family-like mood of our temple. Whatever's going on, whatever it is, Krishna always arranges it that it's exactly the way he wants it. So it is text 13. Uh, again, Vardma the way. Diranam of the perfect beings. Sarva, all. Ashram, orders of life. Namaskritam, honored by. Translation, the eighth Incarnation was King Rashab, son of King Nabi, and his wife Meridevi. In this incarnation, the Lord showed the path of perfection, which is followed by those who have fully controlled their senses and who are honored by all orders of life. The purport, the society of human beings is naturally divided into eight by orders and statuses of life. The four divisions of occupation, the four divisions of cultural advancement, the intelligent class, the administrative class, 
the productive class and the laborer class are the four divisions of occupation. And the student life, the householder life, retired life, and renounced life are the four statuses of cultural advancement towards the path of spiritual realization. Out of these, the renounced order of life or the order of sannyas is considered the highest of all. And a sannyasi is constitutionally the spiritual master for all the orders and divisions. In the sannyas order, also there are four stages of upliftment. Pari Vrajakacharya and Paramahamsa. The Paramahamsa stage of life is the highest stage of perfection. This order of life is respected by all others. Maharaj Rashba, the son of King Nabi and Merudevi, was an incarnation of the Lord. And he instructed his sons to follow the path of perfection by tapasya, which sanctifies one's existence and enables one to attain the stage of spiritual happiness, which is eternal and ever-increasing. Every living being is searching after happiness, but no one knows where eternal and unlimited happiness is obtainable. Foolish men seek after material sense pleasure as a substitute for real happiness. But such foolish men forget that temporary so-called happiness derived from sense pleasure is also enjoyed by the dogs and hogs. No animal, bird, or beast is bereft of this sense pleasure. In every species of life, including the human form of life, such happiness is immensely obtainable. The human form of life, however, is not meant for such cheap happiness. The human life is meant for attaining eternal and unlimited happiness by spiritual realization. This spiritual realization is obtained by tapasya or undergoing voluntarily the path of penance and abstinence from material pleasure. Those who have been trained for abstinence in material pleasures are called dira or men undisturbed by the senses. Only these dearest can accept the order of sannyas, and they can gradually rise to the status of the paramahamsa, which is adored by all members of society. King Rasaba propagated this mission, and at the last stage he became 
completely aloof from the material bodily needs, which is a rare stage, not to be imitated by foolish men, but to be worshipped by all. Now, last week, the conversation was toward the Lord appearing and when he comes into the universe, when he incarnates, he does so for a purpose. And as was mentioned yesterday, uh, Prabhu talked about um, Govardhan Puja. And of course, the Leelas, the stories of the Lord are very interesting. And the Lord is a hero. And who doesn't want a hero? We all want a hero. But the point was, there is something to be learned by the Lord's appearance anytime that he comes into the material universe, whichever planet that he appears in, and that's unlimited. Probably informs that we have not yet been able to comprehend with these minds of ours But from time immemorial, we may remember at some point, um, maybe before leaving our bodies or after leaving our bodies, there is so much more to the universe than these human forms that we, we see. But that's a very, very heavy conversation. And the point is, I wanted to cover the manifestations and the appearances of the Lord and the purposes. First of all, the uh, the beginning incarnations were the four Kumaras. And the four Kumaras underwent austerities situated in a vow of celibacy And the examples that they gave is that one must acquire the qualifications of a brahmana, not simply by birth, because most people think that if they're born in a brahmana family, they're automatically a brahman. You are no more a brahmana born in a brahmana family than you are a doctor born in a doctor's family. And then one can undergo the process of Brahman realization, the continuation of the four Kumaras, the son of Brahma. The incarnation of the boar was the second incarnation, and I'm going or emphasizing the purposes each time that the Lord has come. And he came in the incarnation of a boar to rescue the world from the planet Pluto. And in Pluto's region, it's quite, I guess an up-to-date version would be unsanitary, but it's filthy. So boars can go into filthy areas and 
handle that environment, but this bores the incarnation of the Lord. So there is no contamination, but he was rescuing the world from the filth of the planet. And it says, although he played the part of a boar, of course, by devotees, he is worshipped always in transcendence. And, I'm, and we're focusing on the purposes of the incarnations. The third was the incarnation of Narada Rishi. And of course, we all know Narada as the universal traveler who travels around the world propagating devotional service. Fourth incarnation is when the Lord incarnated as the twins. And we talked about that last week. Um, well, actually, the end of last week. As Narana, Nara and Narayana. And they undertook severe and exemplary austerities. Just to give an example of how one should voluntarily accept the penance for the realization of transcendence. Fifth incarnation was Lord Kapila. And Lord Kapila stressed his knowledge in the material elements and metaphysics. That was the purpose of his incarnation. The sixth incarnation was that Danatriya. And Danatriya was a son of Atri and Anasuya. And Danatriya's incarnation was also regarding the subject of transcendence. Let's see, how does the purport, it gives it a little bit more detail. Ah, very well put. Dhanatreya expounded, Dhanatreya is the Lord, expounded the philosophy of the spirit soul. So the spirit soul was focused upon during the incarnation of Dhanatreya. The seventh incarnation was Yajna, the son of Prajapati Ruchi and his wife Akuti. And his purpose also was the administration of the material world and regulations in the material world because it had become somewhat contaminated. So, in a sense, he brought more order to the material universe and regulated it in a way that had been lacking. And here we are at our text today, King Rasaba. King Rasaba was showing how one fully controls 
their senses by being detached from the world around them, from the body. And in reading, uh, there's a story that goes into more detail in the Srimad Bhagavatam. And I recall a picture of King Rasabha going through the villages, but without proper, well, we can't say proper because anything he did was good, but without clothing as we are familiar with, which means we cannot go and imitate what the incarnations of the Lord have done. It's impossible. And particularly, it's stressed in the case of King Rasaba. Simply because this is not the time and the place to exhibit those that mood of detachment because the world is already totally detached from common sense. So, again, the point being made here is that any time the Lord incarnates into the world, he incarnates for a purpose. And we have probably heard this scripture many lifetimes ago. And maybe we don't remember it. But my point is always, I always like to make it a point for myself that at what point do we start acknowledging the information that's being given to us by the scriptures? At what point do we become serious about the nature of the purpose of our lives in this material universe? And what the Srimad Bhagavatam stresses in totality, and I don't want to minimize it because there's so many more glorious stories and leelas in the Srimad Bhagavatam, is our relationship with the Lord, rekindling our relationship with the Lord and understanding that the path of devotion of serving the Lord in ways of serving his servant or the servant of the servant of the servant is the only way by which we can make it back to the spiritual world. But the other little catch is as we are on this path of devotion, our main focus should not be, I got to go back to the spiritual world. That's where I belong. Wherever we are, it's understood that we are with the Lord, whether we're in the spiritual universe of Krishna Loka or in the hellish planets. Wherever we are, as long as we are with the Lord, it does not matter. It does not matter. And it is possible to be in this material universe right now at this moment even considering all the things that are going on outside that door, not being unaware of it, but being mindful of a higher knowledge and a higher power, and we can actually have moments of happiness and bliss, even in this age of Kali. And as I mentioned last week, our goal is once we have had an understanding of Devotion and devotional service, 
And we've come to the realization where we're understanding even partial relations that we have with Krishna, our leelas. We should, with the same consideration that Srila Prabhupada gave to devotees, with the same consideration that his devotees, sincere devotees, gave to others, we should pass this knowledge on. Because as I said, this is a perfect time to help, to help others connect with the Lord. Because people don't really know where to go and what they're looking for. And in most religions, you're given a little insight as to what to expect in the spiritual world and what your life should be like before you get there. So depending on where your mindset is, you'll get a little bit of knowledge. You'll get a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And not to put the Vedic scriptures above anyone or any religion, it is with my understanding that all knowledge that is contained in other religions had its source here from the Vedic scriptures. And yes, that that is a mouthful, that is a big statement, but it is also true. But again, we don't go around knocking other traditions. We accept people for where they are. And when you've come into the association of devotees, of Srila Prabhupada's devotees, of Vaishnavs, we are to honor that position in such a way that we treat others with kindness and compassions on this path of devotional service. And we do it with love and understanding. Otherwise, whatever message it is that we're trying to give others will totally go over their heads because it's not given properly. But, again, to get back to text 13, the eighth incarnation was King Rasaba, son of King Nabi, and his wife Merudevi. In this incarnation, the Lord showed the path of perfection, which is followed by those who have fully controlled their senses and who are honored by all orders of life. So as a devotee, at some point on your path, you should know exactly what order of life, what division you fit in, Sometimes they cross, they overlap, but it is important to understand that the life of a devotee should be in order. The Lord is or order personified. We can never be as regulated as the Lord, but we are given instructions on how to get close enough to have a feeling of what it's like to have a peaceful life. And earlier, because we were singing Jaya Radha, Jaya Krishna, that is one of my, that is actually one of my favorites. And in the mood of Vrindavan is where I was this morning. And I said that at the end of the class, you have the option of listening to this, 
or the option of imbibing text 13 and being done with the uh, lesson for the day. But I like the message in Jayarada, Jaya Krishna. And it's the nectarian glories of Rajadam, Vrindavan. These are, this is the translation. All glories to Radha and Krishna and the divine force of Vrindavan. All glories to the three presiding deities of Vrindavan, Sri Govinda, Gopinada, Madan Mohan. All glories to Shamakun, Radha Kun, Govadan Hill, and the Yamuna River, known as Kalindi. All glories to the great force known as Mahavan, where Krishna and Balaram displayed all of their childhood pastimes. All glories to Keshagat, where Krishna killed the Kesha demon. All glories to the Vamsavatri, where Krishna attracted all the gopis to come by, playing his flute. Glories to all of the twelve force of Raja. At these places, the son of Nanda, Sri Krishna, performed all of his pastimes. All glories to Krishna's divine father and mother, Nanda and Yashoda. All glories to the cowherd boys, headed by Sridam, the older brother of Srimati Radharani and Anang Manjari. All glories to the cows and the calves of Raja. All glories to Radha's divine father and mother, Vrishnabhanu, and the beautiful Kirtida. Kirtida. All glories to Purnamasi, the mother of Sandapanamuni, grandmother of Mandumangala, and Nandimuki, and beloved disciple of Devarshi Narada. All glories to the young cowherd maidens of Raja. All glories, all glories to Gopishwar Shiva who resides in Vrindavan in order to protect the Holy Dham. All glories, all glories to Krishna's funny Brahmana friend Mandu Mangala. All glories to Ram Ghat where Lord Balaram performed his rasa dance. All glories to Lord Balaram, the son of Rohini. All glories, all glories to all of the residents of Vrindavan. All glories to the wives of the proud Vedic Brahmanas. All glories to the wives of the Kaliya serpent. Through pure devotion, they all obtain the lotus feet of Lord Govinda. All glories to the place where the rasa dance of Sri Krishna was performed. All glories to Radha and Sham. All glories, all glories to the divine rasa dance, which is the most beautiful of all Lord Krishna's pastimes. All glories, all glories to the mill of conjugal love, which is the most excellent of all rasas and is propagated in Vraja by Sri Krishna in the form of the divine Parakya Bhava, the Paramore of love, the Paramore love. Remembering the lotus feet of Lord Nityananda's consort, Sri Janava Devi, this very fallen and lowly servant of Krishna sings the Sankirtan of the holy names. And those are indeed holy names. And we are ending again. Text 13, 
Chapter 3, Canto 1, on the Eighth Incarnation of Lord Krishna. We'll end at this point. And I was going to ask, because Prabhu again yesterday during the lecture asked about those that had moments like Indra, where Indra was faced with his false ego, and how he had to humble himself to understand he was not the controller. Um, how do the kids say it? He, he's not all that in a bag of chips, something along the line, but the kids get the point, those that are listening. We have those moments and I was going to ask anyone sitting in the temple room, if you've had that moment of humility where Krishna has humbled you in such a way, and what was your takeaway from that moment? So Prabhu, I don't know where the uh, mic is, but... You've never had that moment. If you've not, I'm very good at expounding on moments. <laughs> because as most devotees, you are faced with a lot of challenges. And Krishna puts that mirror up to your face to make you look at yourself. You should be looking at yourself every single day and trying to improve on what you didn't improve on yesterday or what needs to be changed. My Indra moment was a trip to India in Mayapur. And they tell you initially, if you're going to India, and that was a good thing that I didn't go to Vrindavan first, but don't go to Vrindavan first because Krishna is, Krishna is quite intense in Vrindavan. Not to say never go there, but if you're going to have, um, if you're going to have offenses, and you're going to make them, don't make them in Vrindavan, but actually don't make them in any dom, because what I found was in Mayapur, the punishment um, or the lesson is just as intense. I come to Mayapur, and of course Americans are spoiled. I admit it. Not that I've always had top-notch accommodations, but getting to... um, Vrindavan and checking in, um, I noticed the environment around me did not seem conducive to a room that was comparable to the Marriott or the Sheridan. Um, so there I am telling um, the the uh, young man that's registering me, um, I'm a Brahmin, you know, that, I'm just just. I had gotten to the point where I had a false ego. Horrible. We all have it. If we're honest enough, we all have it. And we should be able to handle the lessons that come along with it instead of being upset. But long story short, out of the corner of my eye, as I'm telling this young man who I am, in the the division of uh, our culture, uh, or my status, I catch 
the the face of a sannyasi. He's standing right behind me. So naturally, I feel like two cents. I feel very, very small. But Krishna's not done with me yet. What happened is that during this time where I was having a false ego moment like Indra, the accommodations that I got were sufficient for me. It was a bed. It was clean, and it was a door, and there was a lock on it. There was a towel, water, all I needed. But I had to get beyond that false ego. And as many of you have heard many times about the um, different challenges that I had at work, uh, one of them was that I was injured at work. So at that time, um, the vertebrae, the fifth and sixth vertebrae, or is it fourth and fifth, they were very sensitive. I was wearing a brace around the neck, which meant that at times the neck could not stand on its own. Krishna gave me a really important lesson that night because none of us know from moment to moment or step by step what's going to take place. The bed was not a rickety bed, but it had wood um, wood boards on it, and one of them was loose. And depending on how you sleep, if your neck is tight, if your neck is straight, If you're suddenly moved out of that position, it can be dangerous. And what happened was that board gave away as my neck was on it. And I woke up at that time because the neck could have just gone click. And obviously Krishna was making me very aware of the potential that moment by moment, death is possible. Where the plaque was... The condition of my neck and the fact that I had taken the brace off my neck, it actually could have cracked. Well, that wasn't my only lesson. I also took the, uh, they give you uh, malaria medication and you're supposed to take it in a particular order. Now, all of this is happening after my boasting about being a brahmana in front of the sannyas. So these are the lessons that I'm getting. Ego, ego, pull it back. Um, so I took the malaria medication in the wrong order. And as we all know, unique things happen to devotees that don't ordinarily happen to the average person. Well, I got the symptoms of malaria in the second room that they accommodated me with. And I've never felt that I could relate to being sick as a dog because I was actually crawling in the room I could barely speak, but what I did remember in that moment was calling out Krishna's name, and for some, not for some unknown reason, there's always a reason that Krishna does what he does, but I was able to find the combination of herbs in my bag to take, and it completely wiped out the illness just like that. These are lessons. We have to be aware when... Krishna is talking to us, and he talks to us in different ways, but sometimes we are so high and mighty, we don't hear him. Sometimes we actually have to be still to hear the Lord and the lessons that he's given us. So if you ever think that I'm actually very mouthy up here or I talk a lot, there's a reason. 
I've gotten a lot of lessons and I'm still getting lessons and I appreciate the lessons and I'm trying to learn from the lessons. So I have had a couple of Indra moments where I forgot who was in control. And if you're wise and if you're listening, Krishna will pull you back into the proper position and remind you he's the controller. Sometimes it's in a soft way, and sometimes, depending on how hard our head is, it's in a firm way. But whatever way that we get that tug, it's with love, because it's done to keep us from hurting ourselves. So that's my Indra moment. Anyone else have an Indra moment? Indra moment where the ego was out of control and Krishna pulled it back? Otherwise, we'll end at this point. Uh, I was going to also speak on um, Govardhan Puja, which I'm sure there's going to be more talk of today. So I'm going to leave it up to uh, the devotees that express that. But we'll end at this point. Srimad Bhagavatam Ki Jai, Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai, Gaurapamananda. <laughs>